Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 309. The next Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise is almost here, and this time, I'm going with my fellow blog readers and podcast listeners on board Anthem of the Seas for a nine-night cruise. We're previewing this upcoming cruise, including why we picked the sailing, some of the fun activities on board, and more. Here we go. It's time once again to preview an upcoming Royal Caribbean blog group cruises. These are my favorite kind of episodes because not only does it mean I'm going on a cruise, but it means I'm going on a cruise with my friends. And if we're previewing a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, then of course, there's only one other person that could join me here, Billy Hirsch. But Billy's not available today. So I've got the fabulous Annette Jackson from MEI Travel. Welcome, Annette. Hey, you know, maybe one of these days I won't come and we'll let Billy go in my place and we'll see how that works for you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was really a dig at Billy or you, but we'll go with either one, whichever you, whichever you However want to However anybody wants to take it. Yeah, right. however it's, it's, you want to take it. It's the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast Play at Home Edition. <laughs> and uh, if you're wondering why the audio sounds weird on this episode, forgive us. We're recording on different equipment this week because, uh, of course, we're getting ready for the group cruise and we're in different locations, so... Um, you know, again, maybe adjust your balance and bass and other settings in your vehicle that I never touch in my car audio. And then any complaints, yeah, they can all Bill, go to Billy. Billy at cruisehabit.com, please. Uh, so on today, we're talking about our upcoming Anthem of the Seas cruise. This is a nine-night sailing, uh, leaving Cape Liberty, New Jersey, and visiting Bermuda, St. Martin, Puerto Rico, and Labadee, and Annette off the bat. I know why we picked this cruise. It was because of this itinerary. Oh, yes. Nine nights? I mean, come on. Yeah. And what's great about it great is nine ports. nights. Right, three ports. And it leaves on the 4th of July, which I think for most people that's a holiday for. So it's really only, at worst case, like one extra vacation day compared to a seven-night cruise in which that leaves on a weekend. So this really seemed like a perfect fit. It did. And, and you seem to be going through a theme when we were <laughs> looking at group cruises for 2019. Yeah, well, working over holidays is uh, not a bad idea. I mean, if you get built-in time off, it makes the it makes it a little bit easier to swallow when it comes to picking uh, a, a cruise vacation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and this is just going to be it's going to be amazing. I mean, just yeah. even starting it out with pizza in New York. That's right. Well, of course, some I mean, of you know, if you're going to if the cruise is going out of New York, we got to have some uh, some quality. Best pizza on earth uh, in New York City. So actually, before the cruise, we're going to uh, be meeting up with folks who are in the New York City area and or going on the cruise with us uh, to go for a pizza meet. Uh, so that'll be kind of fun. Good way to start off the vacation already with a full stomach before nine days of more eating. Walking around in a crowd. Let's do it. Yep. Now, of course, we're also, we should back up for a second. We're also going on Anthem of the Seas, which is a fabulous Royal Caribbean ship. Quantum Quest. This is our actually second Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise on a Quantum Class ship. For those of you keeping score at home, our first ever group cruise was back on Quantum of the Seas back in, I think, like 2014, 2015. I wasn't there. Yeah. I wasn't there. It was, it was, I mean, there were only like. It was the starter group. It was the starter group. There were like eight people in the group, including myself. My wife didn't even come on that cruise because she was pregnant. And I was like, well. I'll bring a postcard back for you. <laughs> you stay at home, honey, while I go on a cruise. loving husband. Oh, my gosh. Look, we all have our crosses to bear. You know, I'm just saying. You've never uh, done that ever since, right? 
Oh no, um, I would never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> in a, in the same calendar month. <laughs> so um so of course if you're if you're new to the podcast, you're wondering what the heck a group cruise is. These are Royal Caribbean cruises in which we invite you, everybody listening to this podcast or reading RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, to come join us for a a cruise together. Because I've always said the what the only thing better than a Royal Caribbean cruise is a Royal Caribbean cruise with friends. And if you enjoy Royal Caribbean, if you read this, if you read RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, listen to this podcast, you're pretty much a friend because we've already got more in common than I think some of Britney Spears' uh, first uh, uh, husband did. So this is already off to a great start. Well, wow. anyone? Do you think anyone still gets that reference? I don't know. Is that still a relevant thing? You're showing your age now. Okay. <laughs> so part of the group cruise, Annette, uh, that we do with the really what makes it fun. Not only are we going on the cruise, we're going to amazing places. Is we we try to weave in a lot of different events and meets to do on board the cruise, which which I you know basically these are ideas that of things we can do together, right? Yes, and we want to have at least one thing a day. Mm-hmm. That you can elect to come to if you want. We're not going to force you to come, but we're going to have something so we can all get together and talk about what we're doing that day, or maybe it's what did we do that day, uh, just to kind of have a touch base, just to see everybody. And um, it never fails; it leads to shenanigans in the pub. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because uh, you know we don't we don't want this to be overbearing. We don't want to be like you know every like minute of your this is your cruise vacation too, right? And you want to have time with your family and friends to do your own thing. But inevitably, we also want to make sure that if you're coming to join us on a cruise, there is ample opportunity not just to meet myself and Annette, but also to meet other folks that are on the cruise with you. Because after all, I, I think inevitably when you meet these people and maybe after a drink or two, you're going to say, hey, look, we have a lot in common. We like cruising. We like Royal Caribbean. Uh, we know who Matt is. There's there's, there's already a, a, a basis of friendship there. And so it's good to have that that opportunity. And opportunity is the key word in that because people can come and mm-hmm. – Hang out for we sometimes we only see people at one meet. Sometimes they, we see them at every single meet. It's really up to you what's of interest to you to to make work or not. And how do they know about the meets? They might <laughs> yeah. be wondering how do you yep. know? We have them on the site. You can go on and look at them. Don't print it out. Don't print it out to bring with you. I'm going to put it on a postcard. I'm going to yep. give it to you. It's going to be in a welcome packet for you on the first day. We're going to give you a lanyard so you can kind of spot other people around the ship. But I'm going to have a schedule of events, some information for you and, um, on how to reach me if you have some problems. But also, we're also going to have um, reminder cards because, you know, a nine-night cruise, um, we might forget what day of the week it is after about day three. <laughs> so you might lose track. So there'll be some kind of gentle reminders along the way. And then uh, we have this lovely communication tool. Notice I call it lovely. Um, that we will be, I will be in touch with a group me app for everybody before we go. Um, and if you have the Wi-Fi package on board the ship, then um, we'll be able to keep you up to date on what's going on through that app as well. So we definitely try to make it easy for you. But it's as you said, I think it's your your call, your call. Yeah. But if you want to get there and meet people, you have to come to the Lava Flow meet. I'm telling you. The first meet's the best one. Get there, beat everybody, and then you can spot people around the ship. You've got you've got nine more days to see everybody. I'm excited for the nine day aspect of that because you know with the great I've done I think two nine night cruises in my cruising career, and I'll tell you the the difference between a nine night sailing and a seven night sailing it just it, it feels so much more liberating. Like you're not like fearing 
day five and six anymore. It's like, no, it's like, oh, it's just another day in there. It really makes a huge difference to have those extra two days. Oh, definitely. Definitely. This is only my second one, too. So that first one we did on Navigator, it was like, it still went fast because it was a group cruise. Right. But just having those extra days to mingle, maybe get a book in, you know, get to read a little bit while you're on board. There's just a lot more things to do on the ship. You get some ship time, which is good. Yeah, no, it, it makes a big difference. And especially, uh, I've done a series of short sailings this year. You're ready for a long of, one, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've done a lot of three-nighters, so woe is me. I know everyone at home is really like, oh, poor Matt, going on another three-night sailing, yeah. But uh, this is going to be a really cool opportunity. Plus, we're sailing out of New York City. That's uh, of course, uh, Cape Liberty in Bayonne, New Jersey, but New York Harbor. And we're going to go there on July 4th. It's going to be a... a uh, it's, it's going to be an, an amazing celebration, a tribute to all countries, but mostly America. And we might miss it. <laughs> we might miss at it. At the end of the day. Yeah, but it's still going to be fun. I'm, it's <laughs> July 4th. I've done, this is actually my third year in a row sailing on the 4th of July, or at least being on a cruise ship on the 4th of July. Last year was on Majesty of the Seas, and the year before that was Harmony of the Seas. And it's a really cool thing because you're on there. There's a little, I mean, the 4th of July inevitably is just, even if you're selling bread at home, I mean, what does it really entail, right? Uh, barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably some drinks, let's be honest, and some fireworks. And, um, you know, on this ship, what's interesting is I can, I haven't seen, I don't have any inside information, but I bet you at the very least we're going to have fireworks because at 270, when I was on Anthem of the Seas the last time, they had in 270 a virtual fireworks display in like super high definition on, in 270 across the whole screen. So I think there's going to be a little, there's going to be some sp- special festivities on board. There's going to be probably a special barbecue, some special treats, Fourth uh, of July inspired beverages. It's going to be, and of course, decorations. Yeah. And if there's not, we're all going to let Matt know it because we're right there to tell him, you know, yeah. you said we would have <laughs> hot dogs and hamburgers and a barbecue, and we didn't. <laughs> That's right. The the remarks on this podcast do not reflect the Royal Caribbean International Company and cannot be resp- held responsible for the, the, the yeah, Royal's pro- not any responsible made. for. Yeah, Matthew might be, but um. <laughs> <laughs> please direct all queries to Annette at. No, that was M- Billy. Billy. Oh, Billy. Billy. That's right. Billy at cruiseabbott.com. So we've got a lot of different events lined up for this cruise. Uh, let's. You want to start with the events? Or you want to start with the ports we're visiting? I mean, it's a little of both, quite frankly. But I don't know. Let's just. What What are you looking forward to the most? Um, Bermuda, 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 Bermuda. This is. Oh yeah. What's What's so cool about this itinerary is usually if you go on a cruise to Bermuda, that's all you're going to, it, which isn't bad. Don't get me wrong, but you're just going to Bermuda, and with this itinerary. To, be, to have the opportunity to go back to Bermuda for me personally, and for many other people, maybe their first time going, but to go to Bermuda and the other ports is a really great combination. And we took this, we took it one step further, Annette, going to Bermuda on this sailing because yeah, we, we decided we decided to reward everybody who booked into our group. Because when we organize these group cruises, we want them to be as inviting as possible. We don't ever want to say, oh, I'm sorry, you cannot hang out with us because of whatever reason. But we also want to make sure. Yeah, we never do that. Right. But we also want to make sure that uh, we reward people who take that extra step and support not only RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, but our sponsor, MEI Travel. And so for everyone who booked into the group, uh, we're inviting you to be our guest to go to Horseshoe Bay in Bermuda, check out the pink sand, hang out together on the the beach, 
uh, you know, our, we're going to have the transportation provided for us to go there as a group, be able to enjoy the whole time over there. I I am so excited to head back to Bermuda and to uh, check out, of course, Horseshoe Bay again, which was absolutely stunning the last time I was there. And it's just, I, I, I my only regret, I'm sure, is you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I, on the one hand, I just told you, I'm glad we're going to other places, but man, I'd love to want to maximize the amount of time we have in Bermuda. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool to overnight there, but if you can't, even just one day in Bermuda is better than no day in Bermuda, you know? <laughs> so we're going to do the beach day. I think the cool thing about this is it's our own private transportation. So we've done some private transfers before, and if you've listened to the podcast, you have heard that there's all sorts of stories that come back from these private transfers. <laughs> it's a bad to say I hope nothing comes back from this one, other than bus three rules. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's a great way to get to know other people in the group. You're going, you know, once you get on the beach, everybody can disperse and go where they want. Yeah. We don't have a private area, but, you know, we're going to meet back, come back. You'll still have a little bit of time there in the port before you get on the ship. So it's it's just going to be a fun, you know, half day at the beach. But um, it, it, and, and it's a beach that's on a lot of people's buckets li- bucket list. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, Bermuda is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I got to tell you, by the way, almost every single event we're, we're talking about and every single event that's almost every single event that's on schedule, big shout out to Annette right here because Annette spent a lot of time trying to make these all work. I mean, some of them are, are pretty straightforward, but, you know, unfor- not unfortunately, but there's just part of the nature of the beast is you have to work it and make, you know, get plans approved and, you know, get them all scheduled in there. It's not easy. And I would say, trust me, I know, I don't know, because I let Annette do all the hard lift, all the hard work, and then I just show up to it. But um, but Annette, seriously, I, I really appreciate all the hard work you've done to make these happen, because whether it was this, uh, whether it's this uh, Bermuda event or some of the other really cool things we got lined up, uh, a lot of credit has to go to you for, for doing the footwork to make it all happen, because that's what really makes, I think, makes these group cruises stand out. Well, and you know, that's part of why people use a travel agent. You use a travel agent to let them take all the worry. I, let me just tell you right up front, and I don't think Matt would um, dispute this. If Matt had to plan his own group event, they wouldn't happen. <laughs> Matt, so, I, I can't help but see that every day we're just hanging at the bar. Yeah, that's a great group event right there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it is part of the reason why you you go to a travel agent. And that's why I've got to give a shout out. You're giving a shout out to me. I have to just take a moment. And say thank you to our staff, our agents here at MEI Travel, because they take care of all of our clients. And then the baton is handed over to me, and I take care of the group. So it it we really have a little fine old machine here that we're using here. I take care of Matt's group. They take care of you. And then I take care of everybody collectively when we travel. But I, it, this has been the most challenging. Um, some ships are easier to work with than others. That's yep. all we're going to say. <laughs> And what's interesting also, because we're going on Anthem of the Seas, we wanted to make sure we took advantage of this particular class of ships. And at the beginning of planning, Annette, I think we had a planning session. I know we had, I think, I know we did. And Annette told me something along the lines of, like, okay, what kind of events do we want to do? And I kind of gave, like, a, I gave her a a wish list, if, let's call it that, right? Oh, it was so, a big I, wish list, yes. It was a big wish list. And I said, let's do bumper cars, let's do roller skating, let's do, uh, um... Uh, North Star, you know, let's get the big features that this ship is known for. Let's do that. Well, fast forward a couple weeks later, and that says, I got them all. And I said, what? And so we have for our group, again, this is these are exclusive events for p- folks that uh, booked into the group, but we've rented out 
our own private bumper car time, roller skating time, both of which in the C-Plex, and North Star time, which I am so excited for. Uh, th these are going to be really cool opportunities. Definitely. Now, North Star is going to be our insider-only event. Um, we always do something for you insiders to get back to you guys. So this is going to be an insider event. Um, and um, I, I'm jumping right to that one because I kept playing around with times and trying to work this one out with the ship. And finally, we got it as we're pulling out of San Juan. I mean, that was much better than Sunrise, I do believe, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, somewhere Billy Hirsch appreciates that as well. If he was on this cruise, he would definitely appreciate having to wake up for Sunrise. <laughs> I've always... You've heard Billy on this podcast before, but the joke is we if we ever do like a We Love Billy meet or a Billy Hirsch appreciation meet, it would be at like 7 a.m. because he hates waking up early on cruises and it would be the ultimate Yeah, we'd irony. be very appreciative as he's sleeping through his as own event. That's right. But no, these are it's going to be so, so cool to do the North Star as we leave Puerto Rico. Um, I, I, the, I, I had to come up with a name for the roller skating meet and I called it the, I can't believe I'm roller skating our, after all these years meet. <laughs> I can't believe you've never roller skated before. No, I've ne I look at you. Uh, it, I am a man of many talents. Uh, balance is not one of them. I saw the ice skating. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah, if you want to call agree. it that, if you want to call it yeah. that, that's what it is. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Um, and, of course, we also have a lot of different events lined up. We have the my, one of my favorites, a, a classic, the Labadoozy Appreciation Society. will be inaugurating a new set of members in there. Uh, these are, of course, uh, basically this is just an excuse to drink Labadoozies in Labadee. And uh, if we're going to go there, we're going to enjoy Royal Caribbean's signature drink at Labadee, the Labadoozy, which is uh, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I've been having Labadoozies inside. I don't know. For quite a while, let's just put it that way. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, we've got our bar crawl. We've got uh, some more uh, events lined up there. Um, what's a, I mean, there, there's so many cool things that we're doing in that. And you know what, what I found over the years, and you can you can key in on this as well, is that, you know, we, we do spend a lot of time trying to come up with really cool and fun events. But at the end of the day, I always feel like the, the at the bottom line is it's just fun to be able to hang out together and just talk and chill because... You know, it's so great to be able to meet folks and really get to know people. Because some people I know, like maybe their username or maybe I know them from like a Facebook Live video. And then other times, I it, someone's completely new to me. But with these cruises, with these events, we get finally like an actual chance to say, okay, let's grab a drink and talk for a little while. What do you do for a living? What do you, you know, why, what, let's, let's, you know, kind of shoot the breeze as it were. And it really gets a, a, an amazing opportunity to actually meet people, to really meet them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had no idea exactly what was going to happen on the Mariner Group cruise, and the next thing we knew, we were playing cards and some weird card game, and um, <laughs> and um, Jenga. It, you just never know what to expect. You don't know what other people are going to bring when we when we meet up. Um, I got to say another thing that you haven't mentioned on meet though, the music hall meetup is going to be so cool because you can't do that on every other ship. Yeah, well, I'm really hoping yeah, there's a good band when we're in there. Yeah, exactly, and, that, and that's what it is. It's about taking advantage of this particular class of ships and being able to enjoy some fun events together. And I, I'm just, um, I just noticed the typo on my schedule. I, I, I um, <laughs> the, the, the Windjamer breakfast banana, oh no, I spelled it right, bonanza. Okay, maybe I need to have another drink or start drinking. I'm not sure exactly, but anyway, I digress. It's, it's five o'clock. It's five o'clock. Somewhere. <laughs> 
but it's going to be really cool. And of course, we're visiting, uh, we mentioned already, Bermuda, uh, Labadee, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and St. Martin. Again, just to go back to the, these are like some of my favorite islands in the Caribbean to begin with. So to have it all in one sailing is is really neat. Uh, the, the New York City aspect of it. I mean, I'm just, uh, I, I, as soon as we pick this itinerary in this particular ship, I, I think we, we hit a home run with it because I think it's going to be such a fun sailing to do. And it's going to knock a lot of bucket lists off, um, or items off people's bucket lists, I should say. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And again, we have several days at sea, so there are times to chill, to hang, to get to get to know each other better. And um, again, there'll be there's a possibility that there'll be other meets that kind of get slid in there. We've done that on a couple of them where we've added yep. um, a putt-putt tournament. Um, you a never second know what, bar what crawl. We'll do on We've there, done that right? before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what's no, funny no. about little short story on this one. So on this particular group cruise, my parents are actually sailing with us. They, I remember pitching it to them like a number, like a year or two ago when we booked this cruise. Like, hey, we're going to go on a cruise. They live in the greater tri-state area. So it was like, you know, it's an easy drive for them to come down here and do the cruise. And they're like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do it. So then uh, fast forward to, I think, earlier this week. And my mom was like, hey, is Annette going to be on this cruise? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we get to meet Annette? Like, finally? Like, yeah. So Annette, you're going to have your own line of people to come meet you. Oh, that's funny. That is so funny. It's been fun working, you know, the last, well, not the last group cruise, but Symphony. I was working with Marissa's parents and now yours. So it's, it's, it's been kind of neat all these years later. Right. It all comes full circle at some point. So it's, 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 it's a lot all of my kids, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun and I'll be live blogging it at royalcaribbeanblog.com if you want to follow along some of the antics and things that we're doing. We'll also be doing some live streaming on there. So if you can't make it there, join us for at least be able to, uh, join in a little virtually and be able to enjoy that. But I'm telling you right now, if you're having some FOMO right now, that's a uh, fear of missing out for those before I save you guys a Google search. Uh, and it, especially during the cruise and you're saying, man, these guys look like so much fun. I want to meet Annette. Well, the next opportunity to meet Annette is our next group cruise. That's Freedom what it's about. <laughs> That's right. Freedom of the Seas, December 29th, uh, out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, to the, to the Southern Caribbean uh, and Labadee. Another right? yeah. fabulous, yeah. fabulous itinerary. That's right. And it nine is, nights. Yep. Yeah. Is it nine or seven? Is it nine? Seven. Wait a minute. Seven. <laughs> this is nine. That Oopsie. one's seven. Oopsie. Yeah, Sorry. It's five <laughs> o'clock. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've got uh, that's gonna be an awesome sailing come up. There's still time to join us oh, for yeah. that one, as well as our uh, other 2020 group cruise. But oh wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm sorry, I buried the lead on that one. The, the Freedom of the Seas, San Juan, ABC Islands, not not bad, Matt. Right over New Year's Eve, celebrate ring yeah, another New holiday, Year, right? And yeah, uh, this yeah, was so. the year of Matt with group cruises over holidays: St. Patrick's Day, New Year's. Fourth <laughs> of July. I'm not sure St. Patrick's Day really ranks high enough in that list, but okay, we'll go with it. I like it. And, we went uh, out and celebrated. Yeah, and we do have also one more group cruise coming up in October of 2020, uh, back up to New England, uh, Boston, up to okay. Canada and New England. So that's gonna be a really fun one. Uh, I tell you, I've never done before, uh, and that's gonna be on Brilliance of the Sea. So again, there's still opportunity for you to come join us for it. And you know what we always tell people, right? And that is put the deposit down. Lock in the price while it's reasonable, and then decide later as we get closer to final payment, you know, if you really want to join us for it or not. But uh, I'm telling you, these group cruises are so much fun, and I think anybody who goes on them will tell you 
that a great time was had by all. It really, it, 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 it is really such a fun uh, sailing because you get a different group of people all the time, and Annette and myself, of course. But it's still, a, it's still a great like, uh, it, it's it's a great adventure together, and it really I think makes a big difference to ha to see a lot of friendly faces around the ship. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, though, that you said. If you're not completely sure, go in and put just a refundable. Make sure it's a refundable, not a non-refundable. Put a refundable deposit down, and then you get to decide. We had some people say they wish they could have been on Mariner. They tried last minute, and there was no space. Um, Anthem, sold out. So, um, you yep. know, it, this isn't – sometimes you're not going to be able to get those last-minute deals if that's what you like to play, that game. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, we'll have – and every group cruise is a little different. We never try to just, you know, uh, rubber stamp it and just do the same stuff over and over again. So it's it, – you know, we try to bring our own little uh, uh, magic, if you will, to borrow a term from MEI Travel and try to, you know, enhance the experience. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that you'll see that through uh, not only this podcast episode, but, the again, the live blog coverage, uh, some of the live broadcasts we'll be doing. And, of course, they will be doing a pod – recording a podcast episode while on board the ship – that will air, and I think when we come back, so probably about two episodes from now, where you can listen to that, and you'll hear it in people's voices. I mean, you don't take my word for it. You're going to hear it from other folks who are on the sailing and all the great stuff we've done on there, and I can't wait. I'm super excited. No, I I'm, I'm actually started packing already, which is not normal for me. I'm so excited. I'm ready to New York, New York. Let me get there, and let's go on this cruise. I'm ready. All right, time to answer your listener emails. You can always send me your emails by sending me to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email is from Julianne who writes, My name is uh, Julianne Honoré and I'm booked on uh, Freedom of the Seas uh, coming up soon. We're a group of 13 consisting of family and friends. We have a 7 a.m. flight from Fort Lauderdale to Puerto Rico on embarkation day. I know, bad idea. Anywho, my question is, do you have a recommendation on how to get from the airport to the port that can accommodate us? Should we Uber? Are there taxis or vans available at the port at the airport? Or would it be a better idea to reserve in advance a transfer service through a third party? Hmm, good question, Julianne. I would say if I were you, I would first check for a ride or a car service that can accommodate you in advance. Having a group of 13, look, bottom line, worst case scenario, you can always just split up into, you know, two or three vehicles and you know, be it taxis or Uber or whatever, and be on your way and probably have no problems at all. So that's like the worst case scenario. But I'd imagine you probably want to be in a vehicle together. Not only that, it's probably more economical. I could be wrong, but I would think it would be. So my first step would be to look at, and by look at, I mean Google, you know, car services, limo services, uh, van services that they have in San Juan. Uh, there's a number of them, uh, so it should be, you know, it's just a matter really of finding one that has a price point that looks good to you, as well as one that can accommodate a group of your size. It's probably one of those passenger vans I'm imagining, but hey, maybe you want to go big and go for <laughs> go for that uh, limo or something, who knows? But I would at least start there and look at that as a basis. I mean, bottom line is you could always just simply fly in, 
grab, uh, hop in a couple of different cabs and go that way, you know, you're going to be on a cruise ship together. I don't suppose that being, you know, separated by a couple of cars would be the worst thing. Plus, the only advantage of going in a couple different taxis would simply be, be easier billing, right? If you need to split the charge like three or four ways, it, it might be easier to say, you know what? Every man for themselves will meet you at the port. And at least at that point, you're kind of, you know, making the billing cycle a little bit easier. But uh, hopefully that answers your question there, uh, starting with that. But have a great, great time. Next, we have an email from Rebecca from Dallas. Ritz. My fiance and I are sitting on Harmony of the Seas, March 2020, for our honeymoon. My birthday will also be during this cruise. Is there any way to let Royal Caribbean know that we'll be celebrating? Does every cruise they do do the party for honeymooners? Rebecca, good question. So um, in terms of celebrating birthdays or special occasions in general, there are definitely a couple things you can do. Number one, on your cruise reservation, you should let Royal Caribbean make a note that it, you are celebrating your honeymoon and or your birthday. So uh, be sure to, uh, if you book directly with Royal Caribbean, you need to call them up and just say, hey, can you add a note to my reservation that it is our honeymoon and we are also, it's also my birthday coming up right during that sailing. They can add that. If you book with a travel agent, you just tell them and they do the same thing. So that's like step number one. Step number two is once on board the ship, you definitely want to let people in any restaurants know that you're celebrating. It's always a good idea. Sometimes it's on the reservation, sometimes it's not, but let them know. Just be like, oh yeah, we're, you know, when they say, how are you doing? Be like, great, we're celebrating our, our honeymoon. We're, you know, it's, it's it's Rebecca's birthday. You know, let them know about that. So it never hurts to, to put that in there. You never know what can happen from that. In terms of do they do the party for honeymooners, they tip, they can. Um, I mean, obviously, entertainment can vary from sailing to sailing. So it, it, I don't think anybody can definitively tell you in advance because Royal Caribbean doesn't publish its entertainment schedule in advance for cruises that it will be on there, but it's a decent shot. And, of course, if you definitely want to know about it, you could try speaking to the uh, cruise director once on board the ship and see what's also there. Now, Rebecca has a more complicated question. She writes, I grew up cruising with my aunt and uncle in Royal Caribbean, and my parents always gave them temporary guardianship when we went on trips. They're avid cruisers and are Diamond Plus members. Therefore, my account says I am also Diamond Plus. Will anyone question me about this? Will my fiance be able to join me in the Diamond Lounge on ship tours, etc.? He will be the first, it will be his first time cruising with Royal Caribbean. Thanks for all you do. I listen to you on the OG WW Today, and I miss it so much to this day. I'm glad I found a Royal Caribbean blog to help me plan our honeymoon. Rebecca, glad you found us here. Thanks for the emails. So here's what you can, so it's interesting your background. I, ultimately, I don't think it matters because you went on cruises. The bottom line, Rebecca, is you get points for the cruises you sail on. It doesn't matter who pays for it. It doesn't matter who you're sailing with. If you're on a cruise, you get the cruise points. Furthermore, Rebecca, the fact that you're about to get married or you will be married on the ship means your spouse is going to be able to level up to your status. So here's what's going to happen. Because I think you're, not, I'm making a guess here, that you're not going to be married before the cruise or like a day or two before the cruise, right? What you want to do is once on board the ship, go to the loyalty ambassador on board and the, you don't have to make a point to show up there whenever they have open hours and let them know, hey, I'm Diamond, I think you said Diamond or Diamond Plus, I forget which one it was, and my now, I just got married, meet my fiance, and because you're in that, you're that the whoever has the highest points in your household, which is you, your fiance should be adjusted to match that. So what that means is your fiance, even though it's his first cruise, he even he has zero points really. Because he's married to you and you live in the same household, he will automatically get your status. Now he'll accrue points back at zero, but in the meantime, he'll always retain whatever status you have. So let's say you stopped cruising and your fiance or your future husband just continue cruising by himself for, for you know, the foreseeable future, 
eventually, if he were to accrue more points than you, then you would start moving up with his status in the next any kind of sense. But yeah, go to the loyalty ambassador. I mean, you could you could set this up before the sailing by calling Crown and Anchor Society. The only issue with that is technically you're not married yet. And I know that I've heard some issues with like, you know, domestic partnerships and things of that nature where people live in the same house but aren't technically, I mean, you could give a call. You got nothing to lose, quite frankly, Rebecca. But I think once you're married, you can always go on the ship, go on day one, go to the loyalty ambassador, explain the situation. You should have no problem whatsoever getting your now husband or future husband uh, set up there and, and with your status, because that and that works, it'd be the same. This works for kids. Uh, anyone who's living in your stat in your household, um, uh, uh, kids are a little different because of ages, but that's a different story. You can email me, email me about that one. Your future husbands should have no problems moving up to that status. Our next email comes to us from Barbara Schumann, who writes: Now that they're refurbishing some of the ships that go on three-day trips, might they come back to the West Coast? Ah, Barbara. If I could predict the uh, timing of Royal Caribbean returning to the West Coast, I'd hope that I could also predict winning lottery numbers because I probably have the same likelihood of being right about that that I do about predicting Royal Caribbean's epic uh, and, and inevitable return to the West Coast. You know, Royal Caribbean hasn't offered cruises from, you know, say LA as an example con- regularly for quite a while now. And a lot of people have been wondering that. In fact, if you listen to this podcast over the last We've been doing this podcast for a number of years now, 300 plus episodes. I bet you we have these same questions back in episode like seven that we're answering here in 309. So, you know, you can see there's a trend developing. Um, the answer to your question is, I don't know. The answer to your question is there's no correlation necessarily that Royal Caribbean amplifying the Voyager class ships will, re- will result in the return to the West Coast. I would say that there's a lot of factors involved with it. Primarily, the the heart of it, at the heart of why Royal Caribbean is not offering cruises out of the West Coast, in my observation, is because they're making more money with their ships elsewhere. That's just the bottom. That's how any deployment works, right? There's a reason why certain ships are in China or Asia versus in North America versus in Europe versus anywhere else. I mean, it's just the bottom line. Um, a classic example is South America. For a number of years, Royal Caribbean offered cruises from Brazil, but the Brazilian economy really fell apart a number of years ago, and as a result, they don't offer cruises out of Brazil anymore, and it has really, the fact is, they can make more money with their ships elsewhere. Same is true for the West Coast. Now, that obviously doesn't make you feel any better about it, I know, but I would tell you that a lot of factors are also moving around. Uh, Chiefly, I've seen that, I believe there's a Carnival and or a Princess ship, Princess Cruise Line ship, uh, beginning service or has begun service out of the West Coast, and I believe I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I think Carnival. It's one of Carnival's brands, but I think it's Carnival itself. Carnival uh, Cruise Line is adding like a fairly new ship to the West Coast. If Norwegian hasn't done it already, there's there's movement there in a market that's traditionally been just like where you know oh we also have some ships there, but you know it's nothing special. Now they're adding newer ships there. That's a good sign because in the cruise industry. When one does one thing, when it's monkey see, monkey do, really. And when one does one thing, the other lines tend to follow suit to try to compete. And we see this in Alaska, we've seen this in Cuba, we've seen this in Europe, we've seen this in China. It, it's very much when one does one thing, the other one, you know, they kind of follow uh, with each other. So the good news is if, if we're seeing progress on that front, perhaps Royal Caribbean is not too far behind. Also, with the uh, with Cuba cruises essentially stopping because, of course, the U.S. administration has decided to ban cruises from Cuba, and as a result, Royal Caribbean can no longer offer cruises to Cuba. You've got two ships that are kind of just sitting out there in limbo right now, 
uh, figuratively, of course, and that is uh, Majesty of the Seas and Empress of the Seas. Could that that could could that be a candidate for the West Coast? Because you know, in a in you know in, in a market where you've got amplified you know mariner and navigator doing offering these really great sailings, you're just not going to be able to compete financially with mariner or with the Majesty and Empress uh, with the you know in that kind of market. In my my opinion. Uh, the West Coast would be a prime candidate for that. But again, there's, there's a lot of fact. First of all, logistics is a big part of it. You can't just flip your, you know, snap your fingers and boom, a cruise ship moves to a different port. I mean, in order to get to the West Coast, there's a Panama Canal crossing involved at the very least, or you go the other way, but the other way takes a long, long time. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of moving parts to make that all work. So the answer to your question is, Barbara, not necessarily, but uh, it, it's, I would say in here in 2019, the odds are looking more favorable than they probably did a couple of years ago, uh, especially with with Cuba kind of coming down and, and some of the other changes in the other in the market that we're seeing. So, next we have an email from Nick Haynes who writes: My girlfriend and I recently booked our first cruise. We'll be sitting out of Cape Liberty on adventure this season, an eight day Eastern Caribbean itinerary in August. Your podcasts have been an incredible source of information. Out of sheer curiosity, I've tirelessly searched the internet, but cannot find why this sailing is so unusual compared to adventures normal Eastern Caribbean sailings. Any ideas? I don't entirely understand the inside baseball reference, but I believe it might be a good example. Okay, so um, unfortunately, Nicholas, thanks for the email, uh, I'm not sure why this one is different. You mentioned it's an eight-day Eastern. Um, in my opinion, I, knowing very little, I could. it's hard for me to know exactly which sailing is yours and why it's different than others. Typically, a lot of the times you get like maybe oddball itineraries where like one sailing or two is like really different than all the other regular sailings has to mostly do with uh, itinerary math, let's call it that. And that is when cruise ships have itineraries and they go do a five-night stop over in Bermuda, as an example, let's just use that hypothetically. I don't even know if that's the case. You know, you've got to get the ship back on track for other schedules. Sometimes they kind of smush itineraries in there to make it work because the classic example is a seven night cruise if you do seven night sailings well it's pretty easy every week week after week after week 52 weeks a year you've got a sailing there's nothing really special to do there it's not very hard to make that work but if you're doing a five night sailing and a nine night sailing and a six night sailing and an eight night sailing the math on that makes it difficult because you're gonna have gaps in there and ships royal Caribbean cannot have gaps they cannot have times in which the ship is just sitting in port waiting for a couple days without any sailings. They can't do that. So as a result, they try to mix things up a little bit. And sometimes you get these offhand or, or different itineraries. I think perhaps that's what you're referring to. Um, but Adventure's a great ship. I think you'll have a great time on there. And the fact you have a slightly different itinerary than other ones is not a bad thing. I think it's a great idea. So enjoy it. Take advantage of it. Perhaps you'll be able to visit some other ports you don't ordinarily get. Next, we have an email from Stephanie who writes, Hi, Matt. Just wanted to say uh, thank you for all you do. You help my family and I so much with your podcast and your blog regarding cruising with Royal Caribbean. My only regret is that I didn't find your podcast sooner. I'm all caught up with all the episodes and on your podcast. Unfortunately, now we have to wait patiently every week for a new episode. My husband and I are planning to take our friends who have never been on a cruise on a three-night getaway cruise next year. We love sailing on Oasis-class ships and never been on Navigator of the Seas. We're torn between a three-night sailing on Oasis after its amplification to Nassau versus a three-night sailing to Navigator of the Seas to Coco Cay. We want to take our friends and have the best experience and love cruising as much as we do. Which would you recommend? Mmm, that's an excellent question. So, three-nighter on Navigator, which is a pretty, that's a standard issue, weekend sailing, versus an oddball three-night sailing on Oasis of the Seas. Now, because it's your, their first timers, 
I would actually lean towards Navigator. And the reason is Oasis class ships are wonderful. I love them, they're amazing. In fact, I always recommend for first time cruisers, seven night sailings on an Oasis class ship or a Quantum class ship. I think they're, they're really built for first timers. But notice I said seven nighter because three night sailings on an Oasis class, even if you're just going to NASA, is it's too much. It's, it's, there's too much going on on the ship and you're gonna be over, I, I don't think you'll necessarily be overwhelmed, but there's just too much going on. Navigator is a great ship for first timers. It is a perfect, you know, three night itinerary, but it's a better balance, if you will, of time, uh, your, your sail length, three nights, and the ship you're on, and where you're going, and all the cool things there. I would probably lean towards Navigator, quite frankly, because I think it is going to be a more manageable experience for a first timer. I think three nighter on Oasis class ships, whether it's Oasis or Harmony or Symphony or any of those, you know, Allure, right? If you see those kind of oddball sailings, those are really for you and I, Stephanie. Those are for like, oh, been there, done that crowd, and this is just a great excuse to get out there. I know you live you live in South Florida, so obviously that's it's it's convenient for you as well. But it, I really believe those kind of sailings. If you were to be like, when we we just did a three nighter on on Harmony of the Seas a couple weeks ago, uh, back in May, and I'll tell you. Having done that, I, I felt bad for anyone who was doing it for their first time because there is so much going on. Inevitably, they want to do it all that it would just be, it, it borders on overwhelming. So again, I would choose Navigator and then have your friends, once they get hooked on it, then go on a seven-night Oasis class ship and enjoy that. I think they'll like that quite a bit. We have time for one more email over here. And that is coming to us from uh, Tim and Christy Bracken from Marshallville, Ohio. And uh, Tim has uh, random thoughts on our four-night Navigator of the Seas cruise. Perfect for uh, segue from our last email. So here we go. Number one, four days is too short for a cruise unless it's the only cruise you can fit in your schedule. Number two, we bid the minimum for the Royal Up program. We had an interior room and it was a minimum bid of $30 to go to a promenade or a virtual balcony room. It was $40 to go to an ocean view and $100 to a balcony. Those bids were per person and none of them were accepted. Number three, we arrived at Terminal A at 10 a.m. in Port Miami. Boarding started at 10.35 a.m. and we, being Platinum members, were on board by 10.38. No one boarded when they called for the people with the key. Number four, the soda cup that you received with the ultimate drink package was not in the room when the room opened at one. We went back to the promenade and said we did not get our cups. They just handed us two cups without checking to see if we actually had the drink package. The cups did show up in the room on day two, so we went up with four soda cups. Number five, we reserved a day bed at Coco Key. We filled out a menu on boarding day and had a wonderful lunch delivered to us. They made us the food fresh from the food truck parked right near the bar. The truck made all the food for the day beds and the beach bungalows on South Beach. Number six, we had the worst wait staff of any Royal Caribbean cruise we've been on. We talked to the maitre d' in our area after the second night. He was glad we told him about the poor service and apologized. Although the service did not get much better on the other nights, the maitre d' checked on us several times during dinner to make sure we did not need anything. If this has been a seven night cruise, we would have asked to have a different wait staff. Number seven, go to the ice show. Seeing the drones open the show was fantastic. Of course, the ice skaters are amazing as well. And number eight, we got off the ship at 9 a.m., get a porter, skip the long lines at customs. Uh, Tim and Chris, thank you for the emails. I'm glad you were able to share this, your, your experience with us. And I agree with a lot of what you did there. The only thing that stands out to me is number six about the poor waitstaff. I'm sorry to hear that was the experience. I'm glad you talked to the matron. You did the right thing. Uh, it sounds like they didn't change your waiter. You just basically, they came down harder on the waiter, I guess, to improve. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but um, uh, I think you basically did the right thing. And I agree that if it had been a longer selling, you could have asked to change. Um, and I don't think you did anything wrong there. The only thing you didn't mention, you may have done this inevitably, Tim and Christy didn't mention your email. But, you know, when you complain, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, there's something wrong here. We need to make this better, right? 
but also let them know how to make it better. Like if you're saying like, hey, you know, we're not happy with our wait staff, tell the maitre d' exactly, are you looking for it to be shorter, longer, more attentive, less attentive, uh, more smiles? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the situation is, but make sure you're also as specific as you can be so they can rectify it as best possible. Um, rather than leaving it up to guessing, like, you know what I mean? Um, but you may have done that again. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. It's just added to this or anybody who's looking to do. But what Tim McCarthy did is right. I mean, if, if you're not satisfied with the level of service you get in a dining room uh, with your stateroom attendant, let them know. Let the, I mean, number one, I always try to let them, give them the benefit of the doubt. Let the, the waiter know. Let the, uh, you know, stateroom attendant know, hey, look, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, but I really would prefer it to be done in this way or this manner. Let them, you know, give them a try, right? Give them the, you know, let them try to make it better. But going to the maitre d' is nothing wrong with that. I don't think you made a mistake at all. Then you go to them and let them, you know, say, hey, look, there's there's something going on here. We need to make sure that this is taken care of and uh, I think you're good to go. But I also agree so much, so much with number eight, get a porter. I don't, it, it's like to use a porter, you know, typically you tip them like one or $2 a bag. So we're talking about five or 10 bucks, probably maximum for a family to tip them and to avoid the line at customs. So, so worth it because a lot of times in a lot of ports, the porters have their own special line. So there you go. Thanks for everybody for the emails and thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.